It's time for the big conversations, telling stories of movers and shakers, of industry giants and daring professionals. It's time for the conversations that change your perspective on life, the kind of conversations that shape entrepreneurs and move careers forward. If you don't know where these conversations are found, we are sending you a GPS. But if you're listening to this voice right now, you are here. Welcome to the Growth Podcast. This is the GPS. All right, welcome to another episode uh, of the Growth Podcast. We are in March, uh, Women's Month. Last week, um, we celebrated Youth Day um, on Sunday. Um, was uh, No, last week on the 8th was Women's Day, and then Sunday was Youth Day. And then Sunday also happens to be my guest's birthday. Um, happy birthday, Lulu. Thank you, uh, thank you, thank you. You know, uh, y- y- your birthday reminds me of this movie. What movie was that? Uh, there was a movie where these guys were like taken as refugees from Uganda, then they went to the US. Uh-huh. And then at the airport, because they were from a rural area, so yeah. they had no records, you know. So mm. this lady at customs at the airport is asking, so what is your date of birth? And the guy says, like, I don't know. Then she uh-huh. put January 1. And then he asked, why? Have you chosen January 1? He's like, it'll always be a party, you know. Oh, nice. <laughs> so your birthday will always be a holiday. It will always be a holiday and it will always be a reminder to me to stay young at heart. Yeah. And, and never and, get too serious. And the beauty for you is, like I said, it'll always be a holiday. So there's no reason why someone said, no, I was busy. You know, busy is not an excuse. Why didn't you show up Yeah, for they you? always come up with excuses. <laughs> yeah, William know. always comes up with excuses. He's not here to defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. How have you been? I have been good. How was your 2022? Um, 2022 was a mix of uh, great uh, opportunities, great wins, um, some heart-wrenching moments. I lost someone really, really close to me. Oh, sorry um, experienced the, the torture of mental health issues in the family. Um and yeah, so it was a learning year of, you know, new levels of growth, even when it came to the business. Um, but it all in all, it was a balanced year. It was a balanced year. Okay. Yeah. Before we go into the actual conversation we're going to have, I've got three questions here. I haven't done this in a long time. I've uh-huh. got three questions in those um, glass boxes. Uh, okay. I'll pick two um, just to kickstart our conversation. Um, Oops. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So at once, let me pick the two at yeah, once. Pick two at once, yeah. Uh, just pick the two at once and read them out and give us some <sighs> some answers. All right. Um, <clears throat> what has been on your mind recently? How to invest my money wisely? Um, yeah, I'm getting more disposable income and I'm trying to see like, what do you do with it? Like, what did, you know, what did the people who manage their finances well do with it to take you to the next level? And, you know, build um, a, a place for my children also to eat from whatever it is I'm sowing right now. Yeah. So that's been on my mind lately. Okay, that's cool. Um, what is your favorite season of the year? Definitely Christmas season. My family is at its happiest. Um, we, I was never a Christmas person, so it was never a thing growing up. Um, but with my kids and my husband now, it's just the best time of the year. It's happiest in the house. Yeah, it's the happiest in the house. And everybody's just peaceful. Like you can't be angry during Christmas. You can. 
Financially, if you have financial issues, you can be angry during Christmas. No, you can be angry at people during Christmas, but it's like a love, love anger. <laughs> you, you mentioned family, uh, and mm. I want start, to start from there. Mm. Um, how has been marriage? And how many, how many years has it been, first of all? Um, so we are seven years this year. Seven? Only? Yeah. You guys come out like, like you know, like you've been around. You really? Know? Like you've been around. And, and, and also, I know that with a marriage like yours comes mm. a lot of pressure. Yeah. You know, like what, what pressures do you have to deal with? Um, I guess there's a lot of eyes on us and, um, we are also different and we know we just do things differently as a couple. And that can also come with its own pressure because not everyone will understand how you guys do your marriage, especially when it's not according to what they think the standard of marriage should be. Um, so there's that pressure, but we met 10 years ago on a blind date and I love him <laughs> so much. Um, it's not been a bed of roses though. I think our first few years of marriage, especially were the most difficult so far. Um, we, I was coming from being extremely independent, him too, and putting both of us in a house and bam, it's like you are married and you've got two kids. Okay. Um, that comes with its own pressure. Um, because you're not even getting to know each other. Yeah. I feel now that the kids are older, we're getting to really know each other and understand each other and sort of remember why. That's why we started dating, eh? <laughs> you're actually a cool you, girl. You, you're a cool guy. You're reminding me of um, um, Pastor Gladys Paswane because she came here where you're sitting mm. and she said, the honeymoon is after five years. Don't lie to each other that honeymoon is immediately you get married. The yeah. honeymoon stage is after five years. And, and, and also, um, how is it like raising kids? Because it's one thing to be married. Mm. But to be married and actually raising children, what, what pressures come with that? It's been an interesting dynamic. Um, we have very different parenting skills. I think we've streamlined them now. Um, the kids can't get away with, you know, taking advantage <laughs> of the other. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but trying to create an environment where your children grow up with good values. Yeah. And um, especially in a in a in a in a society like Zambia. Church is really an important facet of bringing up a child with good values. So when you are not seen at church every day, it's like what what you're not bringing up your child right, you, and you get that a lot. While I came from a very spiritual family, I was a pastor's child. I literally went to church almost every day growing up. Um, there's a way we are bringing up our children. We've created our own system on how we we talk about God. We we have our own worship. We we've created a system where we are introducing God to our children in a way we feel we understood it, and we hope they'll understand. Um, so that's an aspect that can be pressure. Um, taking them to the right schools also. You know, you want them to do better than you did. My husband comes from a place where he went to great private schools, and. Um, we might not be able to afford that. So you're always constantly looking to say, what is the best we can do in terms of also education for our children? Um, yeah, and just not being too cool. Our, our daughter says we try too hard to be cool. So teenagers, sure, they're a lot. Um, but I think it's a learning process with each year. It's, it's never the same, eh? They're all so different. So we are continuously learning, trying to nature their talents, nature what they want to do and not what we just want them to do also. Like cooking. Yeah, like cooking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Caleb loves cooking. 
Asa loves it when she wants it. She's got other passions. Okay. Um, but we want to be able to grow those passions and and continue to mold them and 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 inspire them to you know to go for what they want. But of course, they have to do work in the business. It's, okay. So are, are you like an every Sunday kind of family at church? No. No. Honestly, no. How often do you go to church in a month? I like your questions, eh? You um, me to go everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, feel free. <laughs> That's a good one. Sometimes none. Sometimes once. Yeah. But if you ask me how many times do we have worship, multiple times a week. Okay. Yeah. How many times do we talk about God and, and our understanding of certain aspects multiple times? Do, yeah. you, do, do people judge you for not showing up at church? Um, I don't know. Um, I think I, I did feel judged when I used to go to church a lot. Um, maybe based on, you know, the denomination I might come from and what they felt, you know, you didn't do this right. You didn't, you, you don't represent the church well, while I'm saying I'm, I've never said I'm a representative of any church. So maybe at, at times I have felt that judgment, but I don't know. We, you know, we really live in our little bubble and I'm glad we live away from people and just in our little space. So I don't know if we are judged per se, maybe so, family, but. Uh, like, do you feel like you are a thick skinned person? I think there's parts of me that are hard. And then there's parts of me that are really, you. if you find the right spot, it's just like, just smooshes in like mashed potato soft. Um, so there are things that will get to me. And um, there are some things that I'm able to, you know, I've got tough skin and sometimes the tough skin comes from my support system being, you know, when I'm just about to crumble, they're there to be like, no, 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 we got you. So I don't know if I can say I've got full on thick skin. There's some things that get to me and it's surprising some of the things that you would expect to get to me. And I'm just like, ah, it's all good. Let's move. And some that will really make me crumble. Is, is social media one of those things? And and by yeah. the way, uh, you, you you are well, maybe I don't know, but you seem like you're not bullied on social media. You're not made fun of. You're not like no one ever goes out for you. I like that sentiment. I love it. Um, I think people are, n are never as direct, and I love that social media has evolved greatly. Um, you know, it's at one time having a hundred thousand followers was huge. There's people with millions of followers now from Zambia. So that has changed the dynamic of social media also. That means there's more people on social media. Um, when it comes to my personal pages, there has been bullying around my weight. I have gained a lot of weight from, you know, the first time people saw me on TV 20 years ago. There is a change and it it they feel like they know you. So they feel like they have a right to tell you that. They've, they've been comments and that's why I say it's sometimes it's not direct. I remember my husband and I getting married and someone going on radio and talking about how you should know who to marry, marry your type. So if you're ugly, marry an ugly man. If you're beautiful, marry a handsome man. And the presenter going on to say like the wedding that's just happened over the weekend, that's very unmatched. And that's because of my skin tone. Normally that's I'm referred to as not beautiful based on the fact that I'm dark. I'm not as, 
you know, good looking as my partner who's of fairer skin, semi-fairer skin, you know. So you get that type of bullying. So it's slight. It's not always as direct. Um, people will talk about you but not mention you, but make sure people understand who they are talking about. But I am grateful that in my space, people haven't been as mean. Um, but yeah, the bullying is there. It is there. And it stings. Have you, have you ever had um, someone in your inner circle that is, you know, for you, they're in your support system, but outside, they're the ones that are attacking you or feeding people information that is being used then to attack you? Um, it's happened, but that's normal. It, it happens anyway. So I can't say it's a unique, um, you know, thing to happen to me per se. It happens, yes, People will disappoint you, even some of the people closest to you. So have I been disappointed before? Yes. And you're no longer with that, kind, that person? Um, I have forgiven some. So you forgive them, but keep them at a distance? Yeah. I'll forgive them and keep them at a distance. Because okay. clearly the, some boundaries have been crossed. I believe in boundaries also. Some boundaries have been closed. I know a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people, but I'm not close to a lot of people. I see. Yeah. You're a big brand now. Um, and there are people who knew you before, well, from the time that you were, you know, just starting out in media, you know, in television. And now you're bigger than you've been at any time in the past. Are there some people that sort of like distance themselves from you because they feel like, oh, now you've changed. You think you're all that, you know, Lulu, you know, you're there and, you know, you treat people differently. Has, has anything that happened? I don't think so. And if it has, maybe I just haven't noticed. I've, ha I've had a very close circle and close knit circle and small circle. And I still have that circle now. So if that has happened, then maybe I just haven't seen it happening. Or maybe it was an acquaintance that thought we were friends, but we were not really friends if they felt the need to push back. Um, yeah, so my small circle has still stayed consistently, you know, in, you know, my people. We've continued to grow each other. We've continued to work together. Um, yeah, so I don't feel that I've seen that per se. And And if I... If that has happened and someone feels bad about it, I'm sorry. I, I never meant for that. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you feel like, 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 like Lulu can survive a scandal? Whew. Um, yeah. I, I, I pray I can. You pray you can. Yeah, because not every scandal is the truth. Um, and... I just pray I can live a life that is free of that. But I also do understand that with being public, being in a space which is public, people will have opinions with you, even in the slightest mistake. So it would be go bigger than someone else that might not be in the public eye, you know, making a mistake. So I do understand that the smallest thing can become a scandal based on, you know, who we are. And, you know, my, sometimes my biggest fear, especially now coming on board, working with my family so publicly, I feel for um, my children sometimes that I'm hoping that they are not judged too harshly. I'm hoping that even as we are a married couple creating content together, doing business together so publicly, 
people don't think we are faking anything and they should know the reality of some days are hard, you know, and it's not always easy. We are not always smiling. We fight about business. Sometimes we've got fundamental disagreements on a business decision that's been made or how somebody has handled something. Um, so we are not perfect. And I'm hoping people would be kind if anything that they see deem a scandal comes out um, to remember that at no point did we ever try to be perfect. Great. You talked about the business. Let's go there. Who's mm. more powerful in Wood Kitchen between you and your husband? Like who has more influence on the business? We both have different powers. <laughs> um, answer. Yeah, we both have different powers. There's strengths that he has that I do not have. And that's what makes us. And we had to learn that though. Because when we started in the beginning, we did not realize that we knew each other as a couple. We were getting to know each other as a couple, but we did know each other as co-workers. I'm extremely different as a wife and he's extremely different as a husband. So when it came into business and understanding, ah, so this is how you, you work and this is how you work. There was a lot of clashes until we got to understand what our strengths were. And even in understanding what the strengths are, some, sometimes you still clash, but We've come to appreciate that there's no one who's better than the other. We both have different powers that bring the superpower. That is what we put on, you know, on the table in terms of the business and, you know, what the wood kitchen is. So it's never been a single person entity. It's been the two of us who've been able to build what's there. None of us could ever do it alone. It would be the wood kitchen, but very different. The vision would even go very differently because right now it's two visions coming together. What would you say is the biggest strength that you bring to the wood kitchen? I feel my ability to think about the future and always think ahead and... um my relationships with people. So I'm good at getting into that room and striking that deal. My husband is good at implementing and making sure it's implemented well and professionally. So, so who's, who's, um, my question is, I want to ask who's the chef, but I want to ask who, <laughs> at the time you were starting the wood kitchen, who was yeah. the chef? Was Because I don't think both of you guys, you, you both had interest in food? Yeah, we actually both had a lot of interest in food. If you remember back in 2018, I was sharing what I was trying to cook for him. I was learning how to cook, you know, the more bougie recipes. So I was sharing that. He wasn't too interested. Then he started coming on and showing his side. He wasn't interested in being on a camera or anything. He's always been a great cook. So he's never studied to be a chef, but he's always been a fantastic cook. So he is, for me, the one that truly understands the science behind food. He understands how you chop correctly. He understands what flavors should go with what. Um, I explore. So I'm the explorer. I'll be like, remember that turkey that we made and you added sage and I didn't know what sage was and now I understand what it is. Do you know what other, how those flavors can work in something more traditionally Zambian? 
like villa chicken. And whenever we cook villa chicken in Zambia, when you visit at a home or you go to a hotel, how is villa chicken cooked, for example? Oh, it's boiled or something. Yeah, boiled or fried, right? Yeah. Have you ever had it as a full roast? Like the way they get that uh, white chicken. Like, yeah, or the turkey. No, no, no. The chicken is so, very unusual. So we'll do that and it will taste moist and, and soft and tender and really juicy. But that will come because of my knowledge of traditional food and my mind that wants to explore and try something different. Um, so he is the guy that understands food. I'm the one that's like continuously trying to learn and research and try something different or try to learn how to bake. And he's actually gotten into baking too. And he's fantastic. His pastries are. Oh. Should invite me one of these days. You know, I was, I was. I want the, both of you to come. Yeah, we'll, we'll come. I like your come. wife. I like his wife. <laughs> no, we'll come. Um, I was under the impression he was the foodie because he was in hospitality, you know. Mm. So I figured, ah, he came with his whole, let me bring the hotel standard, you know. So that's what was in my mind. And like I did say, he had a full-time job. Um, obviously now Wood Kitchen, I'm assuming, is his full-time job, right? Yeah. How, is the, how did the conversation go, you know, in terms of, um, baby, can we do this full-time? You know, like he had to make a decision to leave work and then come on board. How, how, tell me, how did that conversation go to decide to go full-time into the Wood Kitchen? So COVID caused the conversation. Um, his contract was coming to an end. He didn't feel he wanted to renew it. And being the planner... Ahead, I'm like, COVID also is hitting my business. What are we going to do? How are we going to survive? We had currently, at that point, we had been messed up by an investment we had made, a big investment we had made. And, you know, unfortunately, we lost a lot of money in that. So we didn't even have savings at the time. So the decision was made purely on, we do love to cook. We've been cooking, you know, in the stories. People seem to love it. Let's try and see if we did it professionally. Could we actually get business from doing it professionally? We see there's a gap in the market. There's not a lot of Zambian foodies. Can we create a space on the global scene as Zambians? You know, can we take our place? Because there's a place for every country. So we're not seeing enough of that. Let's take our place on the culinary scene and see if it will come back and bring some business. And thank God it did work. But what, it was, was a risk. What was his initial reaction? I'm glad that he actually just said, let's go with it. That's one of the few things we never argued about. Starting was never an argument. It was hard. <laughs> I hope um, Pentatech can actually find the first video we did, we recorded. He was so tense. It was hard for him to be on camera. It was also hard for me to see him being tense because I'm like, hey, let's do it. This is how it's done, you know. And now if you ask our team, he's the guy that he's just like, hey, 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 this should be done. This is We are co-producing that show together. It's not one producer now. He is co-producing the show. He's come to understand the ins and outs. He's invested in it and not in just the part where it's time to cook. He's invested even in the other facets, which I appreciate. Okay. And as a couple, if you argue about something, what's something you argue about the most? Okay, can, can I just ask Ravira? She's here with me. She's seen <laughs> us in like different... You guys would argue in public. <laughs> well, you know, our closest team will see it. Ah. 
Okay. You you see it. You can't hide it sometimes. What do you do? What do they argue about? Salt. Um, yeah, sometimes it would be like how things are kept. Maybe give your husband some yeah, he wants to put butter, but I'm like, no, you're not supposed to put butter. You should put oil. Like, that's how small <laughs> it can be. And it can cause a heated argument. Like, really, like we said, cut. <laughs> yeah, like the shrimp. I think there's once we actually fought on camera and they just kept on rolling. And we just literally forgot the cameras and kept on going at each other. And it actually ended up being an episode. Because when we reviewed it later, we just said, let it go up. It's reality. You will have beef with your partner. And yeah, except this time it was shrimp with your partner, not beef. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, And then um, with with your marriage and working together, um, how is it for you in terms of, at the end of the day, it's work, you work together, it's play and whatnot. But is that issue of submission as a woman? Mm. Is that something that is comes natural to you, or sometimes you fail to draw the line between okay, now it's work, I'm, and then we're at home, and how does it work? Because most people say, ah, I don't want to work with my wife because it it may blur the lines. Like I say, we did marriage differently. I think William married a strong-headed, like eh, herded English, my God, um, a very strong-headed woman. Um, but in my strong-headedness, I still respect him. Um, but with working together, we had to come to the point where we differentiate. This is an argument about work, and this is an argument about you and me. And I think with time in the marriage, it's helped that we started this business when we had matured in our marriage. Because by the t- that time, we were learning how to communicate with each other better. Yeah. Because... Yes, there's submission, but both ways there needs to be respect and love. So I can be submissive, but if you as a husband are not communicating to me well, then there's a problem. Or you as a husband can be very respectful to me, but I just don't know how to communicate to you well. You know, it's it's a two-way thing. Um, and I feel like sometimes in Zambia we concentrate on submissive and forget, okay, then what's the role of a husband? A wife who submit, what would her husband do? He will love. He will also respect a wife. And I'm glad that for us in our marriage, it was always about we need to both respect each other. And I'm glad the Bible talks about love as a husband because when you love a woman, right, you don't have to tell her to submit. It comes naturally for us. You you do not need to tell me. I will kunkula for my husband even if he's not Bemba. You don't need to tell me to do that. It's innate in us the same way we are just naturally mothers. It's innate in us. We want to take care of a man, but he should also want to take care of me. And I think we understood that even when we were dating, it just got harder when we got married initially because we just also didn't know how to communicate. Take away submission and respect. Knowing how to communicate is so important. And so first we had to learn how to communicate. And when we started the business, learn how to communicate also in business. It's still a learning curve. We still learn every single day. As a business gets bigger, the challenges get different. Your fights are also different now. So it's a learning curve at each point. What has been the toughest decision that um, you guys have had to make in your business? 
I think learning to say no. I think we actually butted heads sometimes because one of us is saying, no, you can't take that either on principle or, or just we are, these people are not understanding the value we bring. And if they don't understand the value we bring, then we say no. Do you, let's talk about the business um, and in relation to well, it being connected to social media as a whole. You know that um, uh, a client or a possible advertiser will treat you differently if you are an established organization, you've got, you know, like traditional media, for example, the way that they talk to those and negotiate with those and then they come to you and the way that they talk to you and negotiate with you is relatively different because some people feel, ah, you guys, it's just social media, you know, and they want to treat you a bit. Have you ever experienced that? I think in the beginning of my career, yes, there was a lot of that. But luckily right now, there's a lot of understanding of what social media is. We've got a government that won through social media. So even they're handling social media very differently now. Businesses are also handling social media very, the corporates, they are handling social media, media very differently. They understand the power it has. And I think especially in the last two years for the food industry, there's a level of respect that has come to what we do and the value that we bring when we are consistent and when we give quality work. So there are those that are coming in and yes, you get corporate money, but if you don't give that corporate a return on investment, yes, they won't take you seriously. But I think one thing that has worked for us has been, we now have a track record of giving a return on investment to our corporate clients. Okay. You don't have the most followers on Facebook. Um, you did mention earlier that some have millions of followers on social mm. media, but you are the one that seems to have monetized the most. Um, you have worked with brands from SA, big brands here locally. How do you attract those? Do you go out fishing for them or do they come to you? In the beginning, I went out fishing for them. Um, I will say I did not monetize just by being Lulu, it would be a lie. And there are some people right now on social media who can say, yeah, I monetize just by being me. You know, people came to me because I became famous for ABCD and now they come to me and they pay me to do whatever. It was never that easy for me. That's not been my story. So my story has been literally doing work for free for a brand that no, do, does not know me, but I'm tagging them as if they are paying me. And then finally, somebody on the Africa team is calling the Zambia team to say, okay, yeah, for this next thing, we want to use your ambassador in Zambia. And they're like, what ambassador? No, there's this girl who's always tagging us. And that's how I got my first endorsement deal with Samsung. Because I had tagged them so much that Samsung Africa actually assumed I was being paid for it. So some of the, like, it's come from the work that I have done. And I've shown the quality of work that I can give and that attracts the clients. So yes, first I went and, you know, shopped for them. I went and showed them, this is what I can do. Trust me to do it. Okay, if I do this, can you give me X amount? And if I go beyond this, then can we now go to X amount? That's how the beginning was. And right now it's been about, okay, this, you know, she's got a track record. And we know that if we're going to do X, this is going to happen. And I'm realistic also with what I tell you as a client, I'm going to give you as you come to me. 
I'm not going to tell you you're going to get a million views. I'll tell you exactly what my insights are. I've come to understand my audience. It's a small audience, but it's an audience that has been amazing. They buy into most of what I will tell them is interesting or what I'll sell to them. I am also very selective of what I choose to sell to them. Do I really believe in what I'm selling? Yes. Do I use it? Yes. 99% of the time. If I tell you I use a product, I genuinely use it. If I tell you I love a car, I genuinely love that car. I'm using it. I believe in it. And most of the time I can afford it. So that's been another big thing for me that I've realized that my audience love that when I say I can afford it, it is true. So I have refused certain clients that will come wanting me to sell something that I know I can't convincingly sell yet. Okay. So I'm big on that. And maybe that's been the blessing um, because despite the fact that I might not have so many followers, the different brands and, you know, um, brands and organizations I've worked with have been able to trust that she will give us an ROI on whatever it is we do with her. And so they'll keep coming. And I'm hoping that I can keep being faithful with also what they give, because sometimes they'll just bring a budget and say, tell us what you can do with this. And we'll trust you to deliver on what you say you're going to do with these funds. Okay. So Wood Kitchen is a big brand now. Um, you guys obviously do have a team. Um, well, she's here, part of the team. Mm. Um, you also have the guys that do the actual media production and whatnot. How many people do you say you employ? Um, 10. 10. Yeah. I would say 10. Indirectly and directly. Okay. I would say currently 10 who are more on either they, it's a company that we work with that's on retainer with us um, or part of our team that are consultants on all our projects that we work on, I would say indirectly and directly about 10. So because our projects are not consistently every day, we have more consultants working with us than we have like formal employees. Okay. And, and what are the running costs for Wood Kitchen? And what I'm asking is because, um, like you did say, it's based on as and when, for example. Mm. Um, so if I maybe you've got a client that you're doing work for, mm. um, maybe it's running for three, six months or a year sometimes. Um, but then you have these people that you're working with. Why I'm asking also is because, like for me, you get a point, eh? mm -hmm. like, well, I have him, you know. Um, I would like to be a PA, but I feel like, okay, can I afford a PA? You know, and mm. so that's why I'm asking you, how do you afford these people? Um, is it that um, you pay them directly or when you are, for example, billing your clients, you say, OK, we have a team. So the client must pay these people and then you work together. Yes. So we bill based on also the teams that are going to have to come on board for a specific project. Oh. So and hence, that's why I say. Mostly it's, it's, it's not that they're employees, but we work with consultants or third party companies that will come and do a job with us and they'll be paid um, too. So we bill based on the fact that we have a team and what kind of team members are we going to need for this project? Okay, this is what it is. So this is how much it's going to cost to the client. Have you ever had a period where you've got no one to, you know, work with? Like you've got no endorsement, you've got no client? Not in the past three years. Not in the past three years? No. Not in the past three years. 
and I thank God for that. You're doing well, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are doing well. No, but that's how yeah. it should be, you know, yeah. because also I feel like also the encouragement for others is that you can go into social media full time. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know, other parents, the kid says, no, mommy, I want to be an influencer. What? What? You know, yeah. like, but but I feel like you know examples like yours, um, you know, a step in the right direction. Um, my other question I want to find out is: you work with people, um, mm. very well, um, even those that others may think. But why are you working with that one? She's your competitor. You know, I know you talked about this the last time we met at the forest. Mm, you know? Yeah. Okay, by forest. What's the place again? Uh, Foxdale Forest. Yeah, because forest, yeah, forest sounds weird. At the, for- <laughs> at, the, at the Foxdale Forest. And you talked about how you work with others like black garlic and whatnot, who people ordinarily should feel like, why are you working with them? And w- yeah. What's your thought process behind you choosing to work with someone that others, you know, would want to never see you have anything to do with each other, but, you know, are independent? I feel there's power in collaboration. I've not gotten to where I am without collaborating. I've collaborated with so many different people, whether it's very publicly seen or behind the scenes. For example, someone I consistently collaborate with is Samba Yonga. Um, And we have collaborated on so many different things and it's seen both of us also grow. Um, There's been so many people, you've given examples. I've worked with um, the urban evangelist, Mainza. I've worked with Mutale Kapaso. When I used to be with WOW, I've worked with uh, Black Garlic currently. And each of those different collaborations brought something good and growth to each party. Um, Despite the fact that you might be, um, you know, in the same field, there's still still something uniquely different about you. And if both of you bring something to the table, I think it works. Have some of the partnerships um, ended in an unfortunate way? Yes. But I always say, even on the worst partnership that I might have had, there was still growth on both sides. And so would I do it again? Yes. It's like when you ask me, would you take your risk in business? I am the risk taker. Because most of the time when I take that risk, I'll normally come out at least with something. It's like they say, you know, reach for the stars. If you don't catch the star, you'll come back with some clouds, something. <laughs> you'll come down with something. Yeah, no, so I am is. big on collaboration. and um, But also being very, listen to your gut as you go into that collaboration. Be very clear also as you go into the collaboration with paperwork. Both of you understand what you are bringing to the table or both businesses, understand what you're all bringing to the table. Because I think where I have been hurt the most, it's where I forgot to do any paperwork or I chose not to do paperwork and work on trust. So those that worked, worked because we had something on paper, it worked really well. And some of those that didn't even work well had paperwork, but there was an exit strategy. For, you know, in case it doesn't work out, this is how we're going to separate. That's so important. Okay. And uh, you know a lot of people. Um, You've built a lot of relationships, I think, that have worked for you and also have worked for the ones that are part of the relationship. How do you go about building your network? How did it start? What do you take to these people and what do you also get in return? Um, The background to my question is because most people, will have a relationship with you. But then you find mostly it's you doing the giving, the giving in the relationship, the giving, the giving, and the person is taking, taking, and those mostly don't last long. Mm. Um, what is your strategy for how do you maintain a relationship that, oh, you met someone through work, but three years later you become friends? 
Um, I, I don't know if I, I can say I'm very good at it. I think uh, it it comes with the territory of what I do because I'm, you know, maybe you're emceeing and you meet people. Um, and how you treat people is also very important. So um, I've been able to meet people in different spaces. We don't need to talk every day, but we catch up whenever we can. And just look at our friendship. You know, we... I will meet you and we are good. <laughs> we'll have so much to talk about. And when there's an opportunity I see for you, I'll call you. I feel one of my superpowers, for example, is connecting people. And you notice that about me. Whenever yeah. I meet you, I'll tell you, you know what? You need to meet ABCD. ABCD, meet this person and you work together. And sometimes more opportunities come out for me later on when these two people that finally found a way to work together, even though I had never worked with this person, I might have met the person five minutes ago, but the fact that I connected them, they'll come back and remember that, you know what? I remember you. Um, But being intentional about also just building the relationships and the networks and, and just keeping a credible, you know, brand. Um, I try as hard as I can to not be remembered for anything about, you know, beyond being credible. You know, even if it means I will lose money, you know, I've been given a hundred thousand kwacha to do an event and I could easily do the event at 45,000 kwacha, but it won't give, you know, my client the best, you know, outcome. I would rather spend 110,000 kwacha kick that and through that event meet people who will look at that and say hmm okay that's interesting and ask the people I've worked with about you know how did that go and sometimes that's how my relationships are built based on just us meeting in a work setting and people thinking I really liked what that person did I want to know more about what that person does and being available for that person so whenever I've met you you call me I've never said no, but we've never actually just sat down to have coffee together and just chill. No, but just through the networks and the work that we do, I've met you in certain circles. You're at an event or you're hosting something or you're on TV and I meet you there, but you see me work. I see you work. And then I know from just how I've watched you work that if he ever called, I'll definitely say yes, just based on watching him. So sometimes that's how my networks are built. It's nothing about just intentionally going, saying, hello, I'm this and I'm that. Sometimes it's just been based on people watching from afar and I'm watching them being cordial with people, being in the right spaces also through the types of jobs I agree to do or I refuse to do has put me in certain rooms that then create even bigger networks and keep your name in people's minds. Some of the opportunities have come 10 years later, but relationships that were formed just by being in the same room and sometimes not necessarily even talking to each other. Do you mentor anyone? Yes, I do. I do it in my own way though. I, I always tell someone that I'm mentoring that I might not be your conventional mentor. And sometimes mentorship means we just have calls. You know, I call you into my space of work and I'll say, learn what you can um, just from watching and, and and chatting with me and getting to know me. I'm hoping that you can learn something. Okay. What is your impression of social media at the moment? It's different. It's different from what it was, I guess, when I first got onto social media. Um, 
the there's just a different way people are communicating. There's a different way people are reacting to certain kind of content that you think definitely people want this type of content and they'll completely ignore it and go for a different kind of content. So currently what is trending is not what would trend a few years ago. Um, there's been a shift, but it's interesting. In every industry, there'll be different shifts at different times and there's currently a, a shift. Okay, so as these shifts are happening, have you ever been tempted to shift with social media to fit in? No, just because even in real life, you can't just shift me to just follow just a trend. I'm, I'm not big on that. Um, I've tried to stay authentically who I am. Um, and sometimes staying authentically who I am means I'm not always going to have the best quotes in an interview. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't. Um, I won't try to change and become a quote master and give you, you know, the concise answer that you want that you can cut into a clip and Lulu is inspirational, motivating. No, um, I've just always been who I am and done what really, truly works for me. Because when you try to be someone else, or at least when I've tried, when I've even thought of trying, I've just realized I'll fail dismally. It's not me. Okay. You know, I can only handle so much. And currently what's trending in Zambia has been sens sensational. Say that word in English. Sensationalism. Uh -huh. I can't handle what comes with that. It's, it's brutal. You need to truly have that thick skin you're asking if I had. And I do not have the thick skin for that. I do not even like that kind of attention. I don't do what I do for attention. I really do what I do to have a positive impact. It was never about attention. Being known came with the work I was doing. It was never the point of doing the work. I cannot count how many women look up to you. I think some, some, some weeks back, I asked people to share the, the women that they really look up to and maybe one out of every three comments, your name was right up there, you know. Oh, I was so humbled. I saw that. That was like a truly humbling moment. Yeah. And what do you think draws people to you? Like, what do you think? Because mostly, like you said, mostly it's a trend. Oh, Lulu is trending. Let's follow Next time, mm. ah, someone else is trending. Let's... But for you, it's always been like people just warm up to you. Like they just warm up to you. What do you think is there about you that consistently keeps them following you? I don't know. I think we've grown together. I think most of the people that will say, you know, something positive about me, most probably one out of three would have seen me start. We've grown together. And you know, sometimes I'll be walking in Melissa ShopRite or Pick and Pay and someone will stop and say, oh my God, I even feel like I know you, Lula. I want to ask you so many questions. I just want to hug you. I'm like, let's hug. We know each other. I've grown in your eyes, you know, and, and we've grown together. You know, sometimes I click on someone's profile when they post a comment on my page and I'm like, ah, now they've graduated. You know, I'm even also <laughs> invested in some of their lives. <laughs> they might not even know that I know them, but, you know, you see them grow. You see them getting married. They've seen me getting married and we've grown together. And I'm hoping we're all authentically just trying to live our lives and trying to do the best we can. So I feel f most of those people that will say that have grown with me. We've grown together. And so they understand where I'm coming from. Somebody who's just new, I, I'm, I guess maybe they, they can relate to who I am. And so they'll follow. Um, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I do irritate some people. Um, I'm an abanabo for some. Yeah. 
but for those that feel they can, you know, relate to me, I'm I'm grateful for them. And I think that's that's why they they might say something positive. And I'm grateful for all of them. I'm grateful for you guys. Okay. Tell me about your values and has there ever been a time when you had to like turn down an offer because it was not in line with your value system? Yeah. I've I've had to turn down one very good one. Um, and that was just because I don't know if I'll ever do it later on in life, but there was just this, there's some things that I just say no to. It's, it's not me. I'm not going to do that. I just don't feel that it's right. And so I won't do it. So I have said no, um, to certain things. Um, but I'm glad that in, in as much as I'll say no, the right things do come our way. I think when people start to understand your value system, they know that, ah, we can approach her with this, ah, this we can't. In the past, I was a non-alcoholic brand. Like you couldn't approach me with an alcoholic brand. Um, and that was because I just never really drank any alcohol and it was coming from an honest place. And then when I started, I still didn't feel I could literally represent a brand that sells alcohol confidently. Um, I've done once or twice now, but it comes from a place like I actually do enjoy it, but responsibly. Would you Would you represent a betting company? No. Why? Not currently. Because you don't believe in that? No. And you don't bet yourself? No. Okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to find out from you is um, you are not, like you said, you're not like, you don't front yourself as the Christian, 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 Christian. Okay. But for me, I feel like if there was a next level from Christian, that's where you are. <laughs> um, and, 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 and here's where I'm going. Do you feel that because of the way people perceive you, you cannot be found in certain places or you feel like if we go this side, they'll judge us. Like even you and your husband, for example, like, Hey, if we go to the club, I, you know, hey, it to be on you. Know, ah, hey, yeah. But people have seen us in the club. <laughs> we, that's the thing. I do not want to be fake. I will not lie to you and say, you won't catch me in a club. On some nights when we are like, hashtag worst behavior, you'll find us dancing and just having fun. We're not, I don't think there's anything wrong with the club if you're going there and you're just having a good time. We drink responsibly. We love good music. We love to chill with our friends sometimes. So we will once in a while go out. We used to go out a lot initially, we know, when we were still dating. But as we grew older, it, it rubs off, you know. You're not so interested in the party life. But when it's December, you might find us at a, a spot enjoying ourselves responsibly. Um, and I think that's what made people uncomfortable at some point where they felt even if some of them might do it, they might take a sip of wine, but they will not take it publicly and they would frown on you for doing it publicly. And I don't sign up to that. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be fake. I love God. I do. And if I'm doing something responsibly right now, I don't think that I should hide. There are parts of me that are very private, but there are also parts of me that I feel you can see and it's okay. I'm not going to fake it for you. So the one thing about my husband and I is that we love to have fun. When it's time to have fun, we'll play hard. It's part of who we are. There are some people who play differently and that's okay. But 
if you will judge me and say that I'm not a Christian or I don't believe in God because of that, that's your prerogative. I know where I stand. And so sometimes people feel you're not aligned to something and I'll step away from what people will feel I'm not aligned to because they want to, you know, do things a certain way. So whenever I feel I'm not aligned or I'm being misunderstood, I step away. And I will go where I am accepted. I will do what I feel I will do authentically and be honest with it because being fake, it it kills me. I, I just can't stand being fake. That's a very hard life to live. <laughs> you, you mentioned walking away. Um, why did you walk away from wow woman? Okay. Yeah, you're going for the jugular, right? <laughs> um, we we were not aligned. Um, this happened about two years ago. We were just uh, no longer aligned. And so I stepped away and I still, you know, supported where I could. Um, they still love, but we were not aligned in certain decisions. So I stepped away. Okay. You mentioned that uh, you, you party hard um, with your husband once in a while, December and whatnot. What's your reaction when you're out there on the dance floor and you're in the thick of things and someone pulls out a camera? I'll pause at the camera with them and we'll dance together. You, you don't get uncomfortable? No. I'm not hiding. I'm not, I'm, I'm not hiding it at all because I'm not dancing in, you know, a raunchy way or anything. And I dance like a white girl, Shem. <laughs> so <laughs> I won't know. Why should I hide? It's I am there. I am having a good time. And yeah, you find my husband and I will be there. Yay. Yeah, we'll be enjoying ourselves. What kind of, what, what kind of music loose. do you like? Ah, uh, very varied. My favorite is gospel music, actually. <laughs> <laughs> if you ask me to sing, I'll sing you a hymn. It's my favorite thing to do. Um, my favorite music is gospel music. That's what you hear me playing generally. Um, and then um, I love a good beat that makes you dance. I like to feel good. Um, and because we have teenagers for daughters um, and early adults, they always bring the cool music to us and we listen to it. It's cool. The one thing I should do better though is listen to the lyrics. I can't hear what they're saying. Which music is that? that you like, like just this rap, 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 my Benakadi B, me, I'll just be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, so they certain music that I will love. I'll enjoy the beat. I'll enjoy the melodies because I'm very musical, but I should learn to listen to the lyrics. Okay. Um, that's one thing I should learn to do. Yeah. Okay. And, and also um, in Zambia, like, do you have a favorite musician? A favorite musician's. I love James Sakala. Love him. I love uh, Chaka or oh, Pompey. Yeah. <laughs> I love Nasana, but she's my best friend. So, yes, I love her music too. Um, Esther Chungu, um, I, Tasha Nyambe. There's that girl, she's a rapper also. Um, she actually was one of the winners that went to. Who's that Nigerian artist? There was Ruth Roney and then there was another girl also. No, not, oh, I love Natasha Chansa, but no, she didn't win that. There's another girl. That girl is talented. I'm hoping she can do more, but she went with Ruth Roney, who also has an incredible voice. 
I love me some Mumpy. Think she's incredible. Okay, it's a long list. Yeah, it a really, really is long a long list. list. Um, still going back to you and your social life. I've never seen you. Maybe I just don't know, but I've never seen you at one of those Lusaka July um, penthouse party. What and what? It, so it, penthouse party, no. Lusaka July three times. Three times. Yeah. So I missed the first one. I went for the second one. It's been my favorite so far. Um, it was so good. And I went with William. It was our first public event appearance. together, public appearance together. And that's before we even started the wood kitchen. And he never used to agree to go anywhere. But he agreed to go for the pen um for the Lusaka July. It was so fun. I think Boiti was there and they had a fun after party. It was so, so good. Um, I think I attended another one where people said I was dressed like Pooh with the brown dress. Yeah. And then did I attend again though? Hmm. I think I've attended actually two Lusaka Julys. Um, the Safari Picnic. Okay. We attended last year with William. Okay. Yeah. We attended the Safari Picnic. We just normally go really early. And like the time they say it's going to start. And one thing I'll give the PR girls, if they say an event will start at 12, when you get there at 12, you still enjoy yourself. The drinks will be flowing. The food will be flowing. There'll be some entertainment happening on stage. And then the big celebrities, of course, always come late. And by that time, (laughs) do you ever get paid to show up at an event? Just to show up? Yes. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, What's an, I don't know if she said this on the podcast or off air, mm. but I caught her anyway. Um, uh, what's this lady again? Michi. Yes. Michi came. Oh, I love her. And she said she likes to attend events, but she likes your events the most because if Lulu calls you, it means you're going to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Michi. <laughs> so, so, so people get paid just for showing up at events. Yeah, um, I think especially if you want people to post about the event and talk about it, you need to pay them. It's only right. So I am big on paying creatives. I'm so big on that. Um, And even if it's all I can afford, I'll tell you this is all I can afford, but I need you to come because I need you for this service. So I'm going to pay you what I can pay you. I'm a creative myself. And so I understand the struggle we had when there was nothing like that. You're not even paid to post anything. People just expected you to pitch up. Um, It's not every event that I am paid to attend. Some I attend to support the industry. Um, And so I'm big on supporting the industry in in all its forms. I'll support RNG, the PR girls, the, you know, um, urban evangelist, wild women, different events. Like I will go where I can. I don't like to just attend every event though. Once in a while, you know, you support the industry and, and you'll go and you support your friends. But I will pay you as a creative if you're coming for something that I'm working on. Okay. Do you, do you have an event company yourself? So I've always done events, but in the different facets of the different parts of my careers that, you know, like that I've had. So, um, when I co-founded Dagon Media, Dagon Media did events. So we launched Pizza Hut. We launched uh, Vodafone. Remember, there was lots of events around that. And even before that, I'd been doing some entrepreneurship events um, and managing them myself and funding them myself at the time. So when, Vo- when Pizza Hut came on board, 
I ran a lot of like entrepreneurship events, you know, with Pizza Hut. I did the celebrating the man event. I think, were you there for that? At Mug and Bean? No, no, no. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you were there, but um, we did those events. So I've always sort of done events in the different, you know, areas of work that I've I'm in. I've done events with the with UNAIDS since I'm the UNAIDS Goodwill Ambassador. I've hosted a lot of events, uh, but I think people have just never like given me the title of an event manager. But it is has always been a service that I do give, and. Um, I am selective, yes, of the events that I'll do, um, but it is part of even a service that as a wood kitchen we offer. Hence, um, the initial first wild fest that we did, wood kitchen presented that. It was um, something that we ran and then shockers um, last year, shockers this year. Um, I want to come this year. Please do. I want to come Please this do. Year. It's going to be fun. And the MTN collaboration also for Women's Day. Um, so you see all these have been done through the years. It's something that has been building slowly. The budgets have become bigger, of course, and the events have become bigger. Um, the responsibility has become bigger, but it's always been something that I've done. Okay. You, you mentioned that you're selective with the events, but I've noticed also that you are selective with who you associate with. Um, there are some people in this country that... I don't know. I feel like you wouldn't be caught dead seen with, you know. Um, do you? Are there some people that just deliberately avoid altogether? Not even a photo opportunity. I don't want to mention names. To be honest, where I can avoid um, certain associations, yes, I do. But the Zambian industry is so small, you know. You sometimes find yourself in the same spaces just because... Um, you know, someone might not really fit with your values doesn't mean they're not the best at what they do also, or they're not good at what they do. So normally when you're good at what you do, you'll find yourselves in the same spaces because normally people pull the best at, you know, certain aspects into the same rooms. So we have been in the same rooms. I'm, I try to be cordial with as many people as possible. Have we had friction at times with certain individuals in the industry? Yes, but I always say Zambia is too small for beef. The smartest thing you do as someone in the industry is just try be cordial with everyone. Respect everyone. Respect their craft. Respect what they do. doesn't matter if you're doing the same thing. You all do it differently somehow. And so let's respect our differences. Let's respect that we, you know, that there is room for everyone and for different types of people. Never assume that they should only be one type of person because that's also something I've found. You know, people expect you to say, oh, no, those people are terrible just because they are doing it slightly different from you or they are a bit wilder than you doesn't make what they're doing per se wrong. They're also running a business. They're also giving a return on investment to their clients who want to associate with what they are doing. So respect them. Have you ever found yourself like following social media gossip? Like, what did this one say? Oh, he mentioned something, then go to their page. What did they say? What, what was the response? What is I'm going to say? Then do, do, do you ever find yourself occupied like that? You won't find me commenting. <laughs> do I see some of these things? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I will see them. Will I have a conversation with about some of the stuff that goes on with the people really closest to me? I won't lie. Yes, I will. 
but it's not something that I'll go looking for. Actually, most of the time, someone has to send a screenshot or something and say, ah, did you hear this? Like, no, I had no idea <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, so it normally comes as a surprise. People say, but you are on social media. I say, yes, but normally I'm so focused on the work that I'm doing on there and I try to jump out immediately. I'm done doing the work I need to do there because you can just be on your phone the whole day. If, if, if you had the option to quit one social media platform, which one would it be? If you had to quit one. They're all so different. I would have said TikTok a long time ago, but not anymore. I'm learning so much there, hey? Very interesting <laughs> world also. Very different. Teaches you a lot about the Zambian mind and the market and how yeah. you can assume the Zambian mar market is like just Facebook. No, 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 no. <laughs> there's Twitter and then there's TikTok. TikTok has given me a whole new view of where Zambia is socially, where the young people are, what they like, what they don't like. It's really, really interesting. I've never seen you there. Wood Kitchen is on TikTok. But not you. I am <laughs> through Wood Kitchen. <laughs> you know, for me, I, 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 I think I joined uh, TikTok maybe like three months ago or something. Uh -huh. um, okay, I was there, but not active, not posting anything because my initial perception of TikTok was just dancing, people just shaking things and whatnot. And mm. that's what I thought it was mm. about until I learned that there's a whole lot more to it yes, than just that. Yes, so much more. You know, and, and now that's when I think I've, you know, I've warmed up to it. I need to follow you. I didn't know you on more. TikTok. I yeah, love that I, I had a TikTok. conversation with my friend Patience Chisanga and um, she was talking about, you know, I am doing these videos and I remember watching them and saying, you need to put these on TikTok and just make them shorter because she's, she's a queen of, you know, the quotes and, you know, she like <laughs> says line. things, those punchlines, <laughs> far from Lulu. <laughs> but because of that, she's actually perfect for TikTok and, you know, short form content. She's yeah. perfect for this new short form content that's going on. Yeah, because um, I've noticed now that social media is really now about pictures and videos. They want to, they, they really want to cut down on text. Like yes. people are too busy to sit down and start reading a whole long post. Yeah. I saw even Instagram, no picture, no, no, no post, no video and whatnot. Yeah. Who is the most influential person in your phone? Hmm. That's a good one. You know, I might not be able to like say the name like right now and remember who it is, but I bet it's a global leader. Like a director general for WTO? Like one of those? No. The Russian foreign minister? No, actually, it's 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 a very it's a global business leader. I met him in the White House. Jeff yeah. Bezos, not him. Oh, another okay. one. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it's Elon Musk. But <laughs> but why I'm asking is because um, people like that. How do you maintain? I know I know I talked about this earlier, but how do you maintain a relationship? Not that it's like it's chibiration now, like every day, hi, hi, hi. Because even some people you find every time you post WhatsApp status, they respond, ah, very good. Or oh, send to me, send to me. You know, how do you maintain like just so they always think about you, they never forget you? You get a point, eh? My WhatsApp status. Or you, or you see who posts and they check if they've seen. Yeah, so I like to check who's seen. <laughs> it's very interesting. You know, I never used to. I think I started doing that last year. It's very interesting who looks at your WhatsApp status. And so you mind what you post? 
so, sort of. Again, it's me. I will show you the yeah, different yeah. facets of me. You know, I've learned in life that people appreciate that also. Those that don't really, well, that's okay. They were never uh, the, meant the, the, to the, do the anything. The trick I've learned for WhatsApp status, mm. if I want you to see it, you are going to see it. Hmm. I'll tell you about it later. But if I want to see it, you'll see it. And I'll keep checking until I know you see it. Then I even relax. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it works anyway. It works. But I'll, I'll show you to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just not like I want you to see it. It's just, it's been interesting to see that, oh, people actually watch this stuff. I never used to post on my WhatsApp status. But I think that's a great way to keep people connected because I'm realizing that it's, you know, a way that people will, you know, continue to see what you're doing. I'm not big on consistently checking in on you. I will know that now you're in my network. We've shared numbers. Um, I'll catch up with you sometime if I'm in your city or your country. I will let you know that I'm in. Is it possible for us to, you know, have coffee or something? Um, or when I think there's an opportunity for you or an opportunity for somebody else or an opportunity for me that I think we could work on together. Um, so that's how, for me, I, I do it. While some will say, no, I consistently would text them every three months. It, to be honest, no, that's not me. Okay. You went to, to, to SA, you were on Espresso and a number of shows, you know, with the Wood Kitchen and whatnot. What did you learn um, in terms of their media space in the short time you were there and the difference with ours here? It's a whole different ball game for them. Um, it is, I always say I love travel because travel will open your eyes to the fact that if you think you're a big fish, you realize when you go out there that you're not yet even a tadpole. You're, you haven't yet, you're still an egg in your mother's fish belly, whatever. <laughs> you're not yet even born. Um, so I'm always inspired to push to do better. Um, and, and whenever I travel, it opens my eyes to what more can be done. Um, and how much more seriously we need to take what we do and never to get comfortable. I'm glad on this last trip that I traveled with my husband also because the first trip last year, so we did Espresso twice. We did Afternoon Express, um, initially Black Garlic and the Wood Kitchen, so it was just me and her. And this next trip we went with my husband, and I love that he was able to, on any other trip, if we were not in the Wood Kitchen, we wouldn't have appreciated what we actually got to experience together during this last trip. And now we are hoping to do, to travel even more across the world and just continue to learn and continue to come back to implement and continue to collaborate also. Um, through collaboration, a lot of what happened last year, even in South Africa, you know, transpired. It was just through, oh, I remember I've got this person's number in my phone. Yo, can we do this? Or the same thing with Clara, who's black garlic, who's one thing I always learn from her. She's miss shoot your shot. Clara doesn't even need to have been in the same space with you. She doesn't need to know you personally, but she'll shoot her shot. That's her superpower. I like that superpower. I want that superpower. Uh, and then also, um, Lulu, there are a lot of young people who want to be in the space where you are. And some of them, you know them. Some of them, you may not know them. What are some mistakes that you feel they're making along the way that, you know, really stifle their progress and make it difficult for them to make progress and make leaps and bounds in this uh, social media community? I think instant gratification. Um, people want to instantly become famous and instantly make the money and they're big on complaining, but they don't want to put in the work. Um, and so because one of the services that I've always offered also is identifying influencers for brands. 
And I find that that's where it's hard sometimes to find an influencer for a brand because not all of them take what they're doing seriously and understand that your choices and what you do can also impact your business deal. But again, there are some that are just authentically crazy that because of their authenticity, brands will still say, you know, actually you are right. Despite that madness, we do want to work with that person. I'm supposed to be able just to turn it into a sale. But that person, despite their madness or craziness, has been doing something consistently and with continuing to improve their quality. And that's why they're even still on the radar and why I'll pitch them to a client. So no matter what kind of brand you are, what kind of influencer you are, you have to stay consistently putting in the work consistently growing your work and consistently also showing that you give a return on investment to anyone that you're going to work with. All right. My last question to you, um, as we are celebrating Women's Month, what would your top five advice be to young women in Zambia? Hmm. Now this is where you have to bring in the punchlines, the quotables. I'm so terrible <laughs> at that. I'm so terrible at that. Have goals work on those goals and attain them. Okay. Um, and when I say attain them, you're not always going to be able to reach that specific goal, but because you work towards it, you will always come back with something. Um, don't undermine yourself because you're a woman. Every person, you know, will go through that challenge as a woman where some people will say she's too forward. You know, she pushes too hard. There's nothing like that. We are all humans. And if we are working, then let's all work. The same way men will work hard, the same way men will be aggressive in business. Let's be aggressive in business. Let's go for what we want. I'm excited to see where we are as Zambian women right now. So many women are also pushing for what they want. Without forgetting who you are also as a woman, as a woman that comes with its advantages. I don't know where I am, which number I am on, but no matter what, two I thought I'd gone to like four of you. See why she's good for me. Um, what else could I say? Please don't marry because you're forced to get married. Marry because you love someone and because they're your friend. I think for a lot of women, our downfall is when we pick the wrong partner or we are pressured into just doing it. Like I'm just going to get married. If I'd got married to the guy that I was engaged to initially, yeah, that would not have been happy. There'll be no. But I was very tempted to do it. But I'm glad that I was able to, you know, stand my ground. And let's continuously also improve ourselves as women. Um, whether it's education, um, you know, in, in whatever way we can, let's continue to improve ourselves. We are, I know there's an argument that's been going on on social media about girl, girl child being too advantaged. I don't think so. There's still a big disadvantage. Um, for women, men still get more than we do. Yes, there's women empowerment out there, but the only reason it came about is because there was a problem and this is fixing the problem. And if the men have a problem, form your empowerment things also. But for the women, let's come together. Let's continue empowering each other. Let's continue empowering the girl child. Let's not forget to look back and lift another woman or another girl as we keep moving on our journey. Um, and finally, Let's get tested. There's still HIV out there. Let's get tested. Let's know our status. It's really important. It will save your life. It will save the life of your partner and save the life of your child by knowing your status.
All right. Uh, I feel like I have to respond to the main thing. Uh, first, <laughs> first of all, uh, look, like personally, I've got no problem with the whole women empowerment thing. Um, but I feel that there is a lot being done for the girl child and the boy child is being left behind. Okay. So you're raising this young woman who's empowered, who's walk, who's like Norena has an organization just empowering women. And I told her last time, you are raising this young woman who's very empowered. And then she meets this boy. She's at this level. This boy is just here. Mm-hmm. You get the point? Mm-hmm. Now that mismatch becomes a problem. Because they can't reason the same. They can't watch. Norena is organizing conferences for these girls and they are meeting these mentors and they are what and they are what and oh, they get scholarships, they what. And this boy is just watching football. Why did Norena do that? She saw a problem. She decided to fix it. You have seen a problem. Be the fixer. Business opportunity, guys. This is how it starts. Like, we identify problems for others. The others yes. are not good at identifying problems. Well, problem. well, then look for people. You, you, are, you seem passionate about it. And if you really feel so strongly about it, if men felt so strongly about it, they would fight for their boys to also be empowered. Women that are female-led organizations that are, you know, looking at the girl child right now saw that there's a problem. And so they decided to do something about that problem. So instead of consistently saying, but why the girl that, well, you balance it out because that's what we're trying to do on this side. We're just trying to balance the scale. Thank you very much, uh, Lulu, for the time. Before I let you go, is there any question you wish I asked you that I haven't asked? No, you were quite good with your questions. They were different. I'm proud. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I wish you the best uh, in everything. Uh, I will see you at Shokas. When is it? Uh, October. October? Uh, okay, that's yeah. not my birthday. So yeah, October will come around. Uh, I hope it's somewhere awesome. up on my 20th, 20th, Philia, 21st. We will try to consider your <laughs> dates. <laughs> no, thank you so much. And all the best. I uh, pass my regards to um, Mr. Wood uh, and uh, Asa and... Uh, Caleb. Caleb. Thank um, you. There's a school where I went... Um, and there's this boy, he's very famous, his name is Caleb. I don't know what's with the name Caleb. <laughs> like everyone, really? everyone was calling you Caleb. Everyone was calling you Caleb. But yeah, also it's Caleb. Yeah. Not Caleb. Caleb. Yeah, he will correct you. He'll correct you. My name is not Caleb, it's Caleb. Thank you, Lulu. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you very much for the time. Thank you for your patience. Whew. I...